1: The Andy J Podcast The
2: Andy J Podcast The Andy J Podcast
1: Hey, welcome to the latest episode of the Andy J Podcast. Now, this is a little bonus episode for you, because earlier this week you had our full in-depth feature conversation with the amazing Ruby Wax, and next week we'll be returning to our standard form of one guest for a nice lengthy chat. We tend to do about an hour with our guests at the moment, which I I really, really enjoy. Anyway, these are three conversations today that aren't an hour. Um, The first one is Ricky Wilson. Star of the Kaiser Chiefs, front man, um, also judge from The Voice and, well, I mean, you know Ricky, he's done everything. He's just a brilliant guy and he's great, great fun. Now, Ricky, I'm going to tell you about him in a second, but he's the first of the guests. Then we have the sensation that is Claire Balding, one of the most talented presenters and and naturally gifted, brilliant on-air talents that we've been lucky enough to witness here in the UK. She's just amazing. And finally, we have Honey Ross, who is just uh, such great company, such a thoughtful, clever young lady. And I wanted to find an opportunity to get her out because we aired the interview with uh, Honey on the radio a few weeks ago. And there wasn't, because it's not the longest of chats, there wasn't the opportunity to put out a separate podcast for it because I don't think anybody would have wanted a short, short podcast. But that's why we wanted to wait until we had a couple of other guests that we could include her in so that that makes part of the listening experience. So Honey Ross is your last guest. now. First up, Ricky Wilson. Now, this was a conversation. I've spoken to Ricky recently. I have spoken to him last year. I've I've met him a few times in the past. He's a really really good company. He's a very funny guy. Very funny guy. And this was a conversation that um, was for our car show, which is called Driven Chat. And if you're into cars and all things automotive, please check out the Driven Chat podcast. It's doing really, really well. If you like your cars, you you probably already know about it. We do uh, amazing things with cars. We've got a portable studio. It's our transforming super truck that turns into a, a remote studio that we take to Caffeine and Machine and we do all kinds of amazing things from the truck and we have incredible guests like James Martin and Jensen Button and people like that. It really is a show that I'm very proud of. It's all about cars. And so Ricky uh, wanted to be part of the Driven Chat Show. I don't know if that was directly from him or from his people or whatever, but because he'd been on this Celebi Chat Show before, he was like, yeah, go on, Let let me do the, me do the car one. So it was supposed to be a conversation about and four cars. Now we did manage to clip up just about enough to make it into the into the car radio show, which we do. We have it on every Sunday night at seven o'clock on Talk Radio. It's called the Driven Chat Radio Show, and we uh, manage, We do a radio version of the podcast that is a bit more sort of heavily edited and has different pieces around it. So we managed to get just enough to get him on the Driven Chat radio show. But there's not enough to put him on the Driven Chat podcast, if you see what I mean. Because so much of our conversation just rambles into fun, engaging entertainment that isn't car related. And you'll hear me in this chat try to bring it back to cars as often as possible. But don't worry, it's very accessible cars. If you're not a car person, if you're not a petrol head or an electro head, as I like to call people that are adopting EVs and so on, electric vehicles, then that's absolutely fine. This conversation is extremely accessible. There is so little car content <laughs> that's, that it just becomes a great... Oh, it's just It's Ricky Wilson. He's just great fun. So first up... Please enjoy this lovely, rambly, random, all sorts of all over the place conversation with the brilliant Ricky
2: Wilson. The Andy J Podcast.
1: I am so delighted about our special guest for this show because, well, I know we're a car show, but he's not necessarily a man you'd immediately connect with cars because he's an utter legend, a musical icon a podcasting, radio-presenting, art-teaching hero. He is Ricky Wilson! How are you doing? I'm very well, indeed. Yeah, I'm feeling awesome today.
3: Oh, that's good. It's it's, it's a good day. It's a good day. I feel like someone might be
1: here. Um, I've got a whole life ahead of me. (laughs) And... Things are looking rosy. That's a that's a lovely place to be, Ricky. I can tell. Right, last time we caught up, it was the beginning of lockdown, and you have done a lot since then. By the way, at the beginning of lockdown, you were lamenting your inability to wed, something you'd tried a couple of times at that point. You've Mm -hmm. now done it, tick. Mm -hmm. You well done. By the way, congratulations!
3: Thank you, thank you. There was another person
1: there, so I mean that would have been a weird one if you just married yourself. I mean it's.
3: It's a well, you know, I don't, don't think I haven't thought about it. <laughs> but, um, the current laws don't allow, don't permit.
1: Um, <laughs> We've all been there, Ricky. We've all been there. But next time. Uh, however, you, so you've done that, that's happened. Amazing. But one of the things yep. you were saying to me is you were kind of, you were kind of keen to explore the idea of writing a kid's book.
3: Yes, I was. And uh, because obviously, you know, two things as a celebrity, that is uh, illegal not to have done, and that is a podcast. Um, they, 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 When when you go to celebrity school, they say, what's your podcast idea? And you have to do one. <laughs> and the other thing you have to do, which I think every single person of any note whatsoever has done is write a children's book. Um, so yeah, I, I go, out. Oh, well, if, if they can do it, I can do it too. But it turns out that uh, I, I, made, I, I made a children's record. Yeah. But, um, it, it's, not, it's not ready yet. And I don't know when it will. Because um, I I have been busy, which is weird, because I feel very lazy. Really? Um, Yeah, very lazy. Uh, But the the, the kids' book now, it's gone past the fun bit of making up silly stuff and funny rhymes. Mm -hmm. And now it's gone to the bit where people start telling you how you could change it to make it better. Oh, no. And and, and my problem with that is I think it's perfect. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But but I've been in a band for a long time. there is a point where you do start listening to Ed Armen and you've got to realise that you've got to well you've got to separate the wheat from the chaff and know who's having an opinion because they're generally interested in making the thing you're trying to work on better, and who's just having an opinion so they can uh, say they were involved and oh. and keep their job. But, a- I, but I I I think I'm good enough to figure that
1: out. Yeah, I reckon. I to, well, have you tried? Because for me, if I were doing a kids' book, there would be two different sources I would go to to, to kind of sense yeah. check it. One of them would be yeah. children. Have you tried? Oh, no, 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 no. No, I have not. No.
3: No, right. no, no, I have not. I, I, I don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> no,
4: no, no. Uh, no I, the thing is, it's
3: it's it's uh, it is exciting, and I have I have played some of the songs, I suppose, to some youngsters, and they enjoy them. Immensely, uh, as much as I
1: enjoy making it,
3: so yeah, it's, 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 going, it's going pretty well. And who's the other group of people you would approach?
1: David Badil.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, he writes good children's books.
1: He does. He writes. What he is really, that in yeah. the background, Ricky? Is that a Cylon? Are you? Are you? Have you uh, entered uh, the Battlestar Galactica landscape? I don't, I'm
3: somewhere in London, and there's there's always a bell to be heard in London. It makes me feel happy. Um, I like I like buildings with clocks in them. It, it, they don't, uh, you know, I said this on a radio show today, if I could be mayor of London, any new build would have to have a clock in the side of it. It could be a digital <laughs> clock, but I don't think they're making the buildings with clocks in them. Not inside them. I mean, on the outside.
1: Right. You, know, you, you just yeah. Is that because you, you love to know the time or you just feel that it's an important thing for people I to be think aware it, I
3: just think it's a, it's, a, it's a lost thing that buildings don't have clocks in anymore. It used to be a prerequisite. Where's the clock going? On top. Yeah, perfect. Nice. Um, but um, yeah, David Baddiel writes some great books. David Williams writes some great books, and then um, uh, my favourite author, Anthony Horowitz, writes great um, young adult books. And I actually sent him. This is this is, this is brilliant, right? Because uh, as part of my album, there is a story which is kind of book-like, um, and uh, I thought, who, who shall I send it to? I send it to the person I admire the most? Uh, good idea or bad idea? because when he replied, he told me the best line I've ever heard, and I'm gonna say this to anyone ever that ever gives me a demo tape or a CD or whatever, okay. to listen to that. And this is the, this is his response. I don't have time at the moment to read this, because it's quite long, it's like 50,000 words. I don't have time to read this at the moment, but I'll read it when it's out.
2: Because, <laughs> because,
3: <laughs> if, if, because if you've sent it to me, you must think it's good enough. Nice. That's a good line, isn't it? That is a it, good it, line. It, it's kind of like saying, I can't be bothered. Yeah. But it's also encouraging, which I think's uh, magic. Uh, so yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, that's my line now, so if I ever I get sent anything.
1: It's, I mean, he's, yeah. he's done the author's equivalent of the, it's not you, it's me. Perfect. I know. What a get out of jail free card. Yeah. yeah.
3: You've been let mm. down
1: and you still love him.
3: No, no, I absolutely love him. I mean, I... It's the only reason I go on holiday, so I can catch up on the books he's written. A <laughs> copious amount of books he's written. Yeah. <laughs> give, me a, give me a beach in Amity Horowitz, and I am a happy man.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Ricky, we've got lots to talk about, but I'm mindful that there's a car skewing show. So I, let's just mention cars very quickly. Uh, first up, Mini. Mm? Do you still have it? Are you doing it up? Give me the story. I do,
3: I do still have a Mini. It's got a problem with its electrics. I don't know what it is, but the battery keeps running down. So I have the mini. It's currently in a garage in Cornwall somewhere. I'm going to try and get it to London at some point. I've uh, Got the mini. I've just got a new car. Oh,
1: okay.
2: Uh,
3: it's, uh, it's well, I don't, don't, don't. It's, I mean, I don't want to be down on the maker's car because it's a very practical, family-friendly car. But uh, I've traded in the old. I did have a 2004. Rav four. Yes, deal, you, you right? and
1: I are both former Rav four owners. In fact, we're both former yeah. Civic Type R and Rav four owners, which means we're aligned uh, in our choices.
3: The Type, of, type R was spectacular. I, yes. I enjoyed having it. it, it I don't think it suited my personality very well, and uh, I, I stole it quite a lot while trying to impress <laughs> men in bands. <laughs> Yeah. When they wanted me to like, you know, do a little wheel spin off the, uh, off the traffic lights, which I'm not saying I've done, but you know, No, it, but, but like.
1: the car is capable of it. Okay. Is, is
3: it's capable. It. Yeah. So they'd expect me to do that. And then I'd, uh, I'd stall it. Um, but now I've, I've, I've got myself a hybrid RAV4. Okay.
1: Oh, you've gone down the hybrid RAV4. You like the new styling of the new style RAV4?
3: I, I like it a lot. It's a little bit too big for me. Uh, I like, cause I do live in London where you, they do say you don't need a car. That you do when you have to leave London. That's true. Um, and I do that quite a lot. Uh, I, I, I like it. I, I just wish it was about, I don't know, a quarter smaller.
1: Right. I mean, you could have mm. bought a smaller car, obviously. That would have been something you could have done. But I'm, but I'm loyal <laughs> <laughs> well, did, I mean, right. So, right. Your car search, Ricky, because this is this is a new thing. I was not aware that you were a purchaser of cars. I thought you liked to just acquire them via other people's gifts and things. So, this is this well, is I know.
3: that's dried up a little bit. So, I, I, am forced to Luckily, my father-in-law is an ex-car dealer, so oh. it was it was an auction purchase, which was very exciting.
1: Okay, so, On, so...
3: Online, we weren't there, we weren't there, you know, we no, going to to isn't it? And when they, when they talk really fast. Or
1: do, they, do they do that at car I've, auctions? I've not, I've not noticed that. We, uh, car auctions, yeah, but I mean, if you go to a car dealership, you don't necessarily get, you know, the scat man trying to sell you a car. No, no, but,
3: no but like a, a car auction, because I've, I've seen them TV doing cattle auctions and you can't understand what they're saying, but I've never been to a car auction. But I, I did it online, I put in a number, and then... About 40 minutes later, it was mine, and that's uh, so. Yeah, I've got this second-hand hybrid Rav4, which I. uh, This is the thing. There's lots of things in my life that I like to be flash about, right? And uh, cars aren't one because I don't really want to draw my attention to myself in that respect. That was the problem with the Civic Type R. Yeah, it really, it really did turn heads.
1: It did. Well, because it's glorious fun. But yeah, so, so yeah. why have we why have we stayed with the RAV4 then, Ricky? What was the thing? Obviously, the hybrid nature of it means you can drive it without the ULEZ or whatever it is in London. Which yeah, is-
3: yeah, 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 there's that, that, the parking. Like, it wasn't like £400 a year, now it's 30 quid a year. Hey. Like that, that. I mean, I'm a northerner, so that for <laughs> me was a, was a reason in itself. Uh, I, I also like saying to Grace, my wife, uh, get in the RAV. When yep. we're going somewhere, yeah, and I couldn't, I couldn't say that if I had, you know, a CRV or something.
1: You would miss you it. Know?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would miss saying, "Get in, get in the back of the Rav." She,
1: um, she's not allowed to sit at the front with you. She has to sit in the back.
3: <laughs> no, no, that's the dog. Dog gets in the back. He's allowed <laughs> in the front. She's, uh, and, and and also we have a, we have a, we have a system where uh, I do cross country driving, the the long hauls, and she does the inner city driving because she likes it. So arguably, well, she, like, she
1: gets the tougher slog, Ricky. She gets the she gets well, the she gets arguments lot, yeah. and the the so traffic lot, lights.
3: No, well, yeah, but she doesn't mind that. Whereas I, I, hate that. I get I get wound up in the city, but and and I like I like the motorways and the country lanes. That's more my kind of vibe.
1: And I've got to pry. Because you mm-hmm. have made this new car purchase, which you've asserted is quite large, and you mentioned you described it as a family vehicle, right? And your your family at the moment is, is as you say, the dog and the wife. It's not, yeah. the, it's not the sprogs. Are we future proofing here?
3: Um, it, it's always it's always good to keep one eye on something else. That's all I will say on that matter. You? Uh, I, don't, you know, I, don't, I don't know, it would be an honour one day to have children, but it's it's not something that's guaranteed to everyone.
2: You're
1: absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But did did you count the number of Isofixes that it has?
3: (laughs) I haven't gone that far down this route. I don't think that's the first thing you do when you're deciding on starting family.
1: No, that's true. Well, my most recent purchase has five Isofix points because I have three boys.
3: Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, there you go. I didn't know these are all things that I didn't know were important, but but, um, I'm sure the Rav for... Who got that covered? <laughs> I feel <sound laughs> like I'm doing an advert for for Rav Four. <laughs> it I mean, does. When...
1: <laughs> I'm liking it. It's it's the most unlikely link up, and,
3: and you I, know, I, I'm, I'm still waiting for the Rav Five to come out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I could I could sense that Toyota PR people might send you a little message going, "Hey Ricky, you know how you, you know, you're enjoying the Rav? Can we can we lend you something else, perhaps?"
3: Yeah, it's it's funny actually. I went on. Um, I had to send a video to. This is name dropping. Tony Hadley, who does a, who does yes. a car podcast, right? And he said that the last message he got was from Rod Stewart showing us around his car collection. So I did a spoof one I was on my street going, this is the old 2004 RAV4. I was like, hey, talking you through the RAV4 on <laughs> <I'm> Tony <laughs> I going, yeah, it's got the classic uh, missing hubcap. Um, the, the, uh, I don't even know what color you describe it. Is it green? Is it gray? Who knows? Um, yeah, so it, it, was, it was quite funny doing that to, on the same podcast as people that have got Lamborghinis and uh, and, and such. But I'm not bothered, that's the thing. It's like, you know, the rest of the band have all got far superior cars to me, but um, um, I think cars are something you borrow.
1: Well, look, let's, let's work on this, Ricky. Let's find you something cool, right? Let's, let's stay loyal mm-hmm. to Toyota, all right? Mm-hmm. Because you're, they're the brand you have actually put your own money into, which is great. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, yeah, 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 so yeah. impressed with you for that, by the way. So I've got two proposals for you. Toyota get on mm-hmm. the phone. They say, Ricky, what can we lend you? Right. You need to get in the new GR Yaris. Okay. You'd love it. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the, I mean, GR, the GR Yaris is as close to the, they're going to get to a, a Type R. So I reckon you're, you and that, I think you're made, match made in I'm heaven. Not, I'm, not, I'm not keen on the name. Yaris, you're worried by the Yaris bit. Trust me, it's a hell of a car.
3: Okay. Okay. Well, I, I'll, I'll, I will drift on that. I mean, I didn't want to go down the route of um, a Prius because then people just assume
1: you're an Uber driver. Okay. Yes, that's true. And you'd be flagged down constantly and wondering why, you know, they'd be waving their phones at you thinking, what the hell's uh, going
3: and, on? and then, and then, because I'm, I'm a sucker for not trying not to be embarrassed by situations, I'd probably end up giving a lift somewhere. <laughs> Come on I'd in. Go along with it. <laughs> go along with it. Yeah.
1: Okay, fine. Yeah. You're not, you're not into the Yaris because you don't like the name. How about mm-hmm. the GR Supra? Oh yeah, that sounds super. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well that's yeah. so that's what you're going to ask for when they phone you up. Hello, Mr. Wilson. It's, okay, it's, it's the it's the person from right. Toyota PR. So, uh, just in case you're listening, my number is oh nine four. Oh no, no. This is, that,
3: that'd be a bad idea, wouldn't it? That, that might. Be a I mean, bad idea.
1: well, it, I mean, it would be a little bit like chat roulette, Ricky. <laughs>
3: it really would, wouldn't it?
1: You know, anyway, we're going to try something new. We're going to give out my number on air. You can all call me whenever you like.
3: Be... As long as you, as long as you give me a car. That's
1: fine. <laughs> as long as one of you is Toyota's PR person that will lend me a car, <laughs> it'll it'll be worth the the, the other. Calls. It'll be worth the hassle. Yeah, worth Do you know, the hassle. I wonder is there is there a celebrity? If you were listening mm-hmm. to a radio show and they did mm-hmm. give out their mobile number and it was a celebrity you have no connection to, you can't just get to mm-hmm. through your through your wonderful connection of people anyway. Mm-hmm. Is there someone, if they gave out their number, that you would call just because, oh, my God, so-and-so has put their number out. I've got to try him.
3: Probably Paul Rudd. He seems like a nice guy. Doesn't he? He does, doesn't he? Yeah.
2: We could all be he, friends with Paul
3: a, Rudd. I bet he's got a Toyota. He seems like the kind of down-to-earth guy that drives a Toyota.
1: No, he'll, he'll have the GR Yaris. He's, he's, he's got it set. He needs a bit of speed in his life, yeah. but, but still to look like a family man.
3: There you go. That, that, that sounds like Paul Rudd to a T. Yeah. Or. The Rock. Oh yeah, I bet. I bet he's got a Hummer, though, hasn't he?
1: It's a it's a Hummer, or it's. I reckon he's probably got something like a Rivian, or he's got an early model of the the Cyber Truck, the Tesla Cyber Truck. I could see him. Yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. They. they, I mean, I don't think he has to purchase a car. I think people desperate to put put the Rock in a car. Do
1: you think he ever has to pay for anything?
3: Um, his body. I think. (laughs) Yeah, I think. (laughs) I think it's for his body. I really like The Rock. I really like The Rock, right? But um, And he must work out constantly, right? Yeah. And I think he's amazing. Um, but in his films, no one ever, you know, there's never a moment where he's like, I know, he's a cop on the edge or he's like a family man. No one ever stops and goes, wow, you've got an amazing body. Like, <laughs> yeah. But you think that would be, think that'd be the, like when you meet someone tall and you can't help to say, wow, you're tall. Like, no one ever stops him in a movie and goes, can I just ask you? How do you keep? How do you keep up? You know, being a, <laughs> a, a being a, being a cop, and all the times you must have to work out. Yeah, it, you, you must, yeah. So that's the. Uh, but but if you can suspend your disbelief that, I, I can. I don't think there's a rock film I haven't I haven't loved.
1: That's that's a fair comment. But you're so right about the physicality side of it because I, I remember the first time I ever met Sir Chris Hoy, which I imagine you have done. Have you met Sir Chris yet? Uh, you, no, I don't think I have. <laughs> He is enormous. I mean, he—he's kind of almost our version of the Rock in terms of the man is built like a, the proverbial brick s house. You know, he's just right, massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Got you. Got, you. got you. And, yeah.
1: and the first time I, I met him, I had to interview him. He'd—he'd he'd got out of a race car, and so I was kind of run over. To, and I put my hand on his shoulder just to kind of get him in the right position for the camera. And I mean, my hand wasn't big enough and I've not got small hands. He is. And I was. i heard That's the talk of the studios. (laughs) Isn't it? Isn't it? And I just. I think I saw it scratched into the toilet wall.
3: (laughs) Yeah, he's got big hands. Yes,
1: Uh, that's correct. I have sizable hands, but they're nothing (laughs) compared to Chris Hoy's shoulders. The man is enormous. And I just, I just went, holy moly. You know, and he's like, yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, Pretty big. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know.
1: He, He literally was. He was like, yeah. I think he gets it from everyone. It's, yeah, I'm massive, right? Yeah,
2: I'm yeah, I'm huge. I,
3: so if, just... there was, if there was, was like a, another kind of like um, t, if there were a sort of TV show where it was like the UK against the USA, and obviously the Rock would be team captain of you know team US. Yeah. Uh, are you putting forward Chris Hoy to be captain of uh, of team UK?
1: I mean, he'd be pretty great, wouldn't he?
2: Hmm.
3: Seems like an all rounder. He seems like he, 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 he you know, because obviously. You know, he's muscly and everything, but I bet he didn't get that lactic acid build-up that a lot of weightlifters do. Which means they can't <laughs> actually go for long,
1: you know? <laughs> what, would, what would you be your sport, Ricky, if you were in that team? My sport? Yeah. Archery. Archery? Yeah. But because you just fancy it or because you're quite good at it? No, no, I've never done it. But I just assumed
3: <laughs> when I was having a conversation the other day about if you had to go into the Olympics, like someone said, four years' time, you've got to do it. I, I mean, this, I'm not being down on our answers in any way, I was just thinking that that's probably the one where it, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be that knackering to get that good at <coughs> archery. And it's the only thing I could think of that I could possibly get a bit better at in four years. Whereas you watch them do the pole vault, and I, I'm thinking, how do you even start the pole vault?
1: It would be fun to try you know, a bit of pole vaulting, though, wouldn't it?
3: No, no, but no, 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 that would not be fun to try. Because what, you know, what, what happens the first time you do a pole vault? Uh you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever dove off a, a diving board? I have. Because I did a 10-meter once. Uh, I didn't go ahead first, obviously. But um I did it for a video. And I've never... I, it's one of those things I said, oh, when you do it once, you'll get straight up there, you want to do it again. No, I did not. I've never really? done it again since. Did you and stack it? Was it awful? Oh, man, was that, terrifying. And then, also, the other day, I was thinking, you know, uh, National Treasure... On daily, Yes. You know, spends his entire life, his entire lifetime, learning how to dive, does well enough to get in college games, and' well enough to win an Olympic gold medal. And what's everyone talking about? He
1: knitted a jumper. He knitted a jumper. You know, yeah. Yeah. To be fair, time. but uh, many jumpers whilst watching uh, his friends. And, um, it was a blooming good jumper. It was. It was disturbingly you know, impressive. And in a yeah. way, I was a little bit disappointed that he had the knitting thing because I thought he had a future lined up when the diving, when he's done with it, when he's done with it and he's done the celebrity thing, when he's bored of all that, right? So he's an older man. Yeah. He's got a, he's got a career in ladders because he's so good at com- continually climbing for the dive.
3: Th- there you go. I know no one talks about the climbing. No. You, know, you should be mar- You should be marked on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and here comes Tom Daly stepping up to the first run. Oh, he's taken that first run beautifully. And here he is. Oh, look at look at the arms, uh, grabbing the rails there. Classic Tom <laughs> Daly, and he's up. He's at the top. Well done, Tom. That's
1: ten out of ten.
3: whatever did yeah. Mark? Oh, I don't know. Perfect.
1: Uh,
3: anyway, yeah. So archery, That's what I do. I
1: love it. I mean, I'm mm. I, I wasn't expecting you to say that. Mm-hmm. All right. Actually, I think I prefer the winter ones though.
3: Well, what, the, as in the, to get involved with? Yeah, the winter games. You know, I'd be like Man 2 on the Bobsleigh. Oh,
1: would you, would you have the nerve for that?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just close your eyes.
1: <laughs> but, you, but you wouldn't mind the G-forces and stuff? I mean, hey, listen, this is going to come back to cars. You've, you've got your racing licence. You like racing. You, mm-hmm. you, you do a bit of pedalling. Do you think Bobsleigh would be a similar feel to when you're absolutely bombing down the back straight?
3: Yeah, well, I think that I like about bobsleigh is there's no one else on the track, right? Now, if it was if there was more than one bobsleigh, I wouldn't be I'd, I wouldn't be into that. In the same way that I like driving cars very fast, but I would never want to be in a race because that's an element of unknown, and that's an element of getting into you know you have to start tactics and stuff. But when it's when it's just you on a track going as fast as you can, that's what I really enjoy, and I like the fact that with with, with driving cars fast. The, 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 most, the most boring lap is the best lap. Right. Because no, nothing bad happens.
2: Yeah.
1: Because you've got the yeah. racing line just right. You haven't had to oversteer. Yeah. You haven't had to brake too much in the wrong places yeah. and so on. Yeah. yeah. There's no correction. Yes. No, you just,
3: you just, you just, you get everything right. So it's actually quite a calm experience when, you, when you're, you're doing it right.
1: So, does Which this, is, you know, does this mean you're not a competitive type? Because if you, if you don't want to race against others, or is it because you're no, too no, no, competitive?
3: Yeah, I'm too, because I'm too competitive. Yeah, that's. I mean, I don't even play pool in the pub because it'll ruin the night. That way.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, this is, I mean, does that hold you back? Because then you miss out on a lovely game of pool.
3: I, I, I No, but I mean, I'm in a band, and that's one of those competitive things in the world. You know, everyone talks about other actors. If it's like, oh, happy family tonight. No, we want to be the best. And uh, the only reason we're still going is because we're not. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, so hang on. The, so, moment, the, moment, <laughs> the
1: moment anyone says we're the best, then I'll quit and do something else. <laughs> so the phone the phone rings right because you gave your number yeah. out on air. Obviously, you've given mm-hmm. out your number out on air. The phone rings. You've had you know obviously Toyota on the phone. You've got your GI Yaris and your Super and everything else sorted out. That's that's all great. Mm-hmm. Then Dave Grohl rings you. Mm-hmm. Hey Ricky, it's Dave. Have you met Dave Grohl before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so okay, so he's yeah. probably already got each other's numbers then. You, you already we have do. We number, do. That's a hell of an impressive thing. Hey, Ricky, it's Dave. Um, just wanted to let you know, Kaiser Chiefs, they're the best band in the world. You've completed it.
3: Oh, they've got to stop, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's, it's one of those situations where as soon as you stop being the underdog, then there's no real point anymore. I, I like the fact we still, you know, I like the fact we'll do a festival and then the 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 uh, the, what call it? the promoter will say oh just to let you know you have the biggest crowd of the weekend and I'm like wow I can't wait to read about that in the papers the next day the papers don't mention we were even there <laughs> and then and then but then I'm thinking I'm
1: glad they didn't because if they did then I'd be like alright oh, well you know completed you know mission mission complete so yeah. you you almost always want to be that sort of second you got you got your absolute top of the poster you almost want to be that name just underneath the course
3: well the best the best thing about that is you play for less time and you don't have to pay for the fireworks that's 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 the that's the truth of that. second headline is the best slot really Yeah. and you can get off before the traffic gets bad coming out of the
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh this doesn't feel come on you love it on stage
3: i do yeah i do i do love it on stage i don't like i don't like it just before and uh, but, but i like it once it's once, it, once it's happening yeah.
1: You don't like it just before yeah. because of the nerves?
3: Yeah, of course. They're crippling. It's horrible. Yeah, really? but, that's, it's like, but it's like any adrenaline sport, you know. I don't, you know, I don't think anyone likes... People's favourite bit about bungee jumping isn't standing on the edge, surely.
1: Yeah. The, well, maybe it is. It's the, maybe it's that anticipation. I, maybe,
3: maybe, maybe it is. Yeah, maybe it is. I don't, I don't know. I've never been bungee, bungee jumping. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe I ever would.
1: Do you have a backstage routine? Because I imagine you as being a prolific lunger.
3: No, no, I don't do any of that. I, uh, I sleep a lot backstage, but so that's, uh, that's something to do with, uh, an adrenaline, uh, lull before your body knows that it's going to need to store the adrenaline. So it kind of like just your body just gets more and more tired because it's, it's, it's storing up in the glands. I, like <laughs> I don't know the science behind it, but I'm guessing that's something to do with it.
1: Are you familiar with man versus food? Course. Yes, yes, right. Of course. Yeah. Right. So there's there's a there's a myth that may be true, which is that before yeah. every every eating challenge, he would have to do mm-hmm. two two days before, he would have to do solid cardio. I mean just to the to the point of absolute fatigue for two full days. Then he'd do yeah. the food challenge, because his body would be desperate for the far, for the for the carbs and so on. So he would oh, be tricking his body to, to replenish it. And then he'd have to do a further two days once he's completed the challenge yeah. or not. Of again, of incredibly intense cardio. And it's the only way he could do it without
3: completely breaking well, I mean, himself. He's, he's an elite sportsman. <laughs> in our respect, uh, you know, we, we don't see any of this. We only see the, uh, you know, the fifteen foot rack of ribs. We yeah. don't see the prep and the, and the warm downs. So he, as he's doing this, he's like warming up by like eating bigger and bigger things. Like he'll start with a, you know, a box of celebrations and have a mini mars <laughs> a, a bar from that. Then he'll have a mini Mars. They don't have like, the regular Mars. They'll go for the king size uh, until he's like building himself up, or do you think he just stars himself? I, th-
1: <laughs> I, th- I would hope he just feels very, very hungry.
3: You're listening to the Andy J podcast, and we really appreciate having you
1: here with us. If you're enjoying the show, why not leave us a lovely review and perhaps five stars and subscribe wherever you're listening, as it really does help.
2: The Andy J podcast. Yeah, but I don't th- I think feeling very
3: hungry wouldn't be the thing you'd want to go into a food challenge because you know when you're very hungry and you go out for dinner and you're like, I'm so hungry, I'm so hungry, I'm going to order everything and you get, you get a starter. But as soon as you've had the starter, you're kind of like, oh, I'm full. You ever get you that ever, when you're really hungry?
1: Yes, I have had that, but I've never been yeah. in a race against the clock. And I think, you know, you would just, there'd be that as well. You'd have adrenaline, you'd have a crowd cheering you on. I think, yeah, <laughs> you know.
3: The, the crowd cheering you on. No, I've never been cheered well, I've never been here. Few years as me and the wife, we and it'd, be weird. it'd be weird if she was cheering me.
1: And I think you should ask her to do that. Get set you up a food challenge, maybe fifteen burgers in ten minutes, and then she yeah, could well, just
3: well, cheer you on. As a kind of we're not adverse to being to doing food challenges. <laughs> uh, I remember a few years ago, Simon in the band, who's now a vegan, and this will explain why. um, Just he claimed he could eat forty chicken and nuggets in forty minutes, and we said, "Go on, then." Right? Because it didn't sound that big, that a, big of That sounds quite point. easy,
1: to be fair. Where one say one say nugget that, a minute does not sound that difficult.
3: You say, you say that. You say We all went to McDonald's. We ordered 40 nuggets each. That's a lot of nuggets.
1: Five of us times <laughs> 40. How many is that? 250, 250
3: <laughs> nuggets. Right? And so we, we had them all around the table, started. I got to 20, threw up. Right? What?
1: Hawaii, you threw up after 20 nuggets? Threw up. Threw up.
3: Yeah. Oh. yeah. I, thought, I thought it'd be easy.
1: Dear
3: me. Um, now, Simon managed. Forty nuggets in forty-one minutes. Ooh! He, he didn't do it. Didn't do it. He also claims he could eat four Pizza Express pizzas in one go. And I, I, I <laughs> but I did win the challenge of how of McDonald's hamburgers. How many? Uh, the fastest to eat two McDonald's hamburgers, and I, I won that challenge. How long? I think it was about eleven seconds. Whoa!
1: Okay, now that's impressive. Yeah. That's cool.
3: Yeah, that's cool. That is everything, but not that is not cool.
1: <laughs> well, no, I would say that's pretty cool, because you lost you lost all my respect when you said you threw up after 20 chicken nuggets, but then two burgers in 11 seconds, right straight back, you received it all again.
3: Yeah, but I, I got lucky, because I, I got rid of them. Um, I don't want to get too graphic, but the other guys who, who ate, like, I think Peanut did like 45 minutes, something like that. The others that had eaten quite a lot of them, they didn't sleep well like that night. <laughs> did they there hallucinate? Is, very odd dreams. Um, <laughs> and also in the research, I was thinking, which is the best nugget to eat? Because you know they come in four different shapes. Right, yes. Uh, so there's the bell, the ball, the bow, and the boot, right? <laughs> now they're different sizes. And I thought, you know, maybe I think the boot, which is the thinnest of the nuggets, might be the easiest. Because it's like, I know. <laughs> I don't, I don't. There There is a science to it, but let's not get too deep into it. Cause <laughs> I don't want to encourage people. to. I mean, yeah, you know, there's a reason they come in sixes. That's all
1: I'm going to say. Right, <laughs> wonderful. Well, and of course, yeah. there are things that you can enjoy via a drive-through in your car. Look at that oh seamlessly my, oh returning C- to hey uh,
3: circular circular radio there. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how you do it.
1: Neither I do I. Do it. It's it's that it's the notes. I think I've written notes drive-through there. <laughs>
3: Oh, right, right, very good, very good, very good.
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> Ricky, you, you're doing a couple of things at the moment, as well as obviously your your Virgin Radio slot sitting in for Chris, uh-huh. uh which is yep. great fun. By the way, are you enjoying it? Is it a laugh?
3: I, 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 it, it's it's a, a pleasure and an honour and a privilege. I mean, it was. At, I mean, the great Gabby Roslin was doing all the heavy lifting. To be honest, I didn't. I didn't even really do any homework. I just came in six in the morning, ready was on, and just. Talked about what I did yesterday, so I, I I didn't have to do any of the proper presenting. I Perfect. was just sidekick Rick.
1: They just they just yeah. let you have the massive studio, I and mean, that's you know that's fine. yeah yeah that's yeah, weird, yeah.
3: that it. was good actually. Yeah, that's I all think. good. Yeah. That's so all yeah, good. I enjoyed that. I
1: enjoyed it immensely. But there's a two two things that we have to mention, otherwise your people will tell me off and will never be allowed to speak again unless I mm-hmm. message you privately. Uh, the mm-hmm. first one is you're, you're you're I mean you're branching out, man. There's a new comedy yeah. series on Sky Kids called uh-huh. Dodo. Yeah. You're narrating it.
3: I'm narrating it. Yeah, I got the, I got the job of a, as a narrator. Now I heard from my management that would you like to narrate this thing called Dodo? It's a it's a it's a comedy cartoon for kids to kind of guide you through the trials and tribulations of being a you know being a secondary school being a young kid and all the problems that come with that. And I thought, yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, well, let's sort out a Zoom meeting because it was you know deep into COVID times. And I uh, so I had the meet had the meeting came and I didn't realize that it was an it was an audition right. I've never done an audition.
2: Oh, that's not fair!
3: Um, but then, no. I tell you what, though. As soon as it because I was a bit like this sounds like a fun thing to do. As soon as it was an audition situation, I was like, "I'm definitely doing this because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not losing out on audition." Which I'm, you know, for my first. Forces
1: of nature again. You see, there, it there is. you go.
3: So, but, so I did the audition, and uh, and I, I landed the role. And yeah, it is fantastic. Some great people doing it as well. Um, Dylan Llewellyn and Mark Watson, and um, it's very, very funny.
1: Excellent. I'm going to get my kids on it. I've got three of them. They can watch do, it.
3: Do, do. It's on Sky Kids. You can, watch, kids. It. You can watch it watch it or all at once if you want.
1: I would. I actually, I'm a binger, so I would like to watch it all at once, please. If that's I've okay. heard. I've heard
3: about that. I read that in the toilet wall
1: as well. <laughs> I've, got get, I've got to get some toilet paint, clearly, because there's, you know, there's a yeah, lot of mistruths. It, 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 but, let's, but also tell me about the the reusable uh, art sustainability piece that you're doing. The eco friendly oh, yeah. piece.
3: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I was asked, asked by the people. I'm uh, um, lacto free, uh, and I was into this because I'm lactose intolerant, which is uh, you know some see as a uh, disability, but it's actually I I, I don't mind at all I'm not you know. But I haven't had milk in about fifteen years. And they make this ala lactose milk, so I can finally have complex. And uh, but they uh, they've got this new packaging which is uh, more planet friendly and made of or renewable, reusable materials. And they, they gave me eight uh, 1800 of these cartons to do uh, a, a giant art piece in the style of uh, art attack. I mean, I'm not going to get sued for that. Uh, 25 meters by 25 meters art piece. I did, uh, if you want to check it out, you can, I'll put it on my Instagram, but you can get to ala ala lacto And it was, it was so much fun. I got kids from, um, settle and Kirkby primary school to help me out because they've relocated their factory to, um, to settle, and, uh, which is Yorkshire, art, I'm into that, um, and lacto so it ticked a lot of boxes for me, and uh, yeah, we did this great piece of art to kind of get people aware of that, and uh, it was a great day out, and a great piece of art, and we had a lot of fun doing
1: it. This is mega, because you have a Masters in Art, you were a, a teacher uh, at Leeds College, oh, weren't art. you, of Art and Design, before <laughs> the band?
3: I was, I wasn't the best teacher in the world, um, I started with about 35 pupils and ended up with 11. Oh, I, didn't, no. I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't lose them on a school trip or anything. It was just that they all decided to, that it wasn't for them because wow. uh, of my unique teaching style. But saying that, saying that, the BBC, CBBC, don't seem to mind because they've given me two shows. I've got Ricky Wilson's Art Jam, where I make make pieces of art, and I'm now presenting with Vic Hope, Britain's Best Young Artist as well. So yeah, that's pretty. good I've
1: Got a lot. Of, a lot of fingers in a lot of pies. Haven't you? And you said you, you know, you you're feeling really relaxed and chilled out at the moment. You sound massive busy. Yeah, yeah, you're right.
3: God, I need a rest. <laughs> I've, I've got to go. I've got to go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, thank you for your company. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love our chat. Thanks. Thank you very much, and I uh, hope to speak to you again soon. I look forward to it. Take it easy. Have All fun, right. and I hope Toyota call you. Remember to ask for the GR Super. <laughs>
4: GR
3: Supra, that's the car I want, right?
1: GR Supra okay. is the car for you, I think.
3: Okay. Well they might get in touch with you, so you just pass it on to me. Pass it on to me.
1: I'll pass them on to you via Dave Grohl. <laughs> All
2: right then, mate. Have a lovely evening. You
1: too. Take care, man. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You,
2: Cheers. The Andy J podcast. <laughs>
1: There you go. Ricky Wilson there. I told you not to worry if you were thinking it might be too carsy. It wasn't, was it? Hardly any cars for a car-based conversation. What a guy. What what a great chat. Really, really lovely. Two more guests still to come for you on this episode of the Andy J podcast. Honey Ross shortly. But first, just a quick chat. I don't know, 15 minutes or so with Claire Balding. And Claire is brilliant. Now, she, we recorded with Claire just a few days ago. Just after we had sorted out the Ruby Wax conversation that you heard on the previous episode, which was for the radio show as well. So I wanted to have just a short finish to make up the hour. And so Claire was around and available for a quick chat. And what a clever lady. I've met Claire a few times. We used to have the same agent. So we used to meet at the, at the various different parties and gatherings that the agent used to, used to house. And she's always been great company. And so it was lovely to be able to catch up with her. We naturally talk about one of her projects, which concerns pets and pets at home. So you'll hear that. But what she has to say is accessible and interesting. Again, like Ricky talks about cars in the same way with Claire, you don't have to like pets to enjoy this chat, if you see what I mean. She'll explain. Here's Claire Balding.
2: The Andy J. Podcast.
1: I am so pleased to welcome my next guest, a very special guest, actually. She's an author, she's a broadcaster, she's an Order of the British Empire. Goodness me, this is exciting. It's the wonderful Claire Balding. How are you doing, Claire? I'm good, thank you, Andy. Very, very nice to talk to you. It's lovely to have you on the show. And Claire, I mean, I don't know if you've heard, but we've had Ruby Wax on the show just talking us through her remarkable life. And if you don't mind me saying, there's there's some parallels with the journey she's been on, with with your own career and life, because you have expanded your world in the biggest of ways as well, haven't you?
4: In in the sense of of doing something slightly different from from anyone else. In my family. But I think, to be honest, you know, I I look at what my brother does and he's a he's a racehorse trainer and employs about 75 people and trains 200 horses and deals with about 400 owners. And I think that's a lot of pressure, you know, and I think the same of, of teachers who are dealing with an awful lot of parents as well as children and constantly managing human behavior as well as trying to achieve their own things. And I think, to be honest, I have it pretty easy. You know, I, I watch sport for a living and I talk about it and I love that and, and I love writing books and, and, and those things make me, you know, I, I really enjoy what I do. So I'm, I'm very, very lucky in, in many senses.
1: If I'd have told you, Claire, many years ago, was it 94 when you started on the Chris Evans breakfast show as the as the sports host? Mm-hmm. If I'd have said to you, you know, you're going to be anchoring the Paralympics and you're going to be having these amazing walks and writing all these books and so on, and it's all because of your passion and enthusiasm and knowledge of sport, would you have believed me? Did you think it was going to lead to this?
4: I didn't think it was, to be honest, but I would have said, that sounds great, brilliant, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, I was, <laughs> I, I was wonderfully... Um, and naively brave because I didn't know what there was to be frightened of. And I didn't think for one second, you, you, you know, why I, why I wouldn't give it a go. I, I wouldn't have assumed I would, you know, be the one that, that would get the any of the gigs, but I, it wouldn't stop me having a go. And, and I think that's, you know, and I talk to kids a lot and I, I do a lot of school tours and I've, you know, written a book called Fall Off, Get Back On, Keep Going. And that's the major message is, is give it a go because it'll be fun anyway. And if you're prepared to to for it not to succeed, that's fine. You know, manage your expectations, and when it does, hooray! Celebrate.
1: Yes, I love that. And so much of it—it's not just in telly and radio and so on, is it? So much of life these days seems to be about resilience.
4: Yeah, I think I think resilience is a pretty important um, factor. You know, you can't—you're not going to win awards and 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 have people you know chanting your name every single day. It just doesn't happen like that, if ever. And I think. M- survival is really important. Getting through and, and understanding that little things, simple things in life, I think those that got most joy out of lockdown were the ones that realized, actually, if we scale this right back and we go for a family walk every day with the dog and we spend time playing with the cat, this, is re- this gives me a real endorphin rush and is very satisfying. And in that sense, if you can understand the things, the triggers that make you happy, I think that's that's a pretty important thing to take through life.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. And actually, animals have played quite a crucial role in so many households, particularly over the last, well, it's, it's basically two years now, isn't it, Clara? I think everyone's lost track of time a little bit, but... You know.
4: <laughs> Yeah absolutely and 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 I think there are more there are more new dog owners now than there have ever been at any stage in this country and I think the same is is probably true of of kittens and and cats and and I think people offering homes to dogs that might need an alternative life you know that that I think rescue centers have been overwhelmed by the offers of help, so it's really positive, and it's understanding that connection, and indeed working at it, like any relationship. You know, you've got to try and find out as much information as you can, and, that, and that's why I started a, an online show with with Pets at Home, which is 14 programs, all 15 minutes long, packed full of information. I talk to vets, I talk to experts, and understanding what you need to know if you're a new dog owner or you're you're a new cat owner or you've got you know a leopard gecko there's an there's an episode on reptiles i didn't know anything about reptiles and all about the temperature you need to keep them at and what you need to provide for them to make sure they're healthy and 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 that they can live a really long life um so lots of stuff that i wasn't aware of lots of things i do know but i think getting the message across in a straightforward way and asking the questions that i think Dog and cat owners would want to ask. I think that's pretty important, and in bite-sized pieces. So you can find it on YouTube. You can watch it anytime you like, and you can watch it again if you need to. Um, and I, I was pretty impressed, actually. Pets at Home as a, as a, you know, as a, as a chain of shops. I didn't know this, but if you walk into a pet home and you go up to any single one of the people who are working there, they will know. They're, they're all really, really well-read. They're really well-trained. They understand all sorts of animals. You can ask them questions about I, – I, our cat started fighting and their mother and son – I had a long, long chat in the Big Gum Pets at Home at Milton Keynes. And they said, oh, look, this is what we'd recommend. Make sure they've got two separate rooms with litter trays in different places because cats are really territorial about that and it's really important. But also, here's this plug-in pheromone spray that you can use. See if that has any effect. Wow. Oh, it was, it was like magic. Juicy, they stopped fighting overnight. <laughs>
1: Brilliant. I and, love it. And
4: it's not to say they wouldn't have the, the odd little disagreement, but they're not fighting.
1: I could use some spray. of that pheromone spray. I mean, that would be that would be quite nice. <laughs> I'd like a bit of that, Claire. I mean, one of the things I think it's important to say as well, Claire, is you know there was there was this famous phrase that we all kind of grew up with, which is a dog is for life, not just for Christmas. I think it's probably worth replacing the word Christmas with, with lockdown because, as you say, so yeah. many so many new pet owners have have appeared, some of whom may no longer be on the work from home scheme, et cetera, and might be thinking, oh. Uh, what do I do with the pet now? I think it's important to remember that actually you've you've made that connection and that responsibility and you've got to stick to it.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And you need to have, you need to to work out with your neighbours, a kind of network of looking after each other's dogs, because all find a dog walker who's, and there are lots of really good. Um, you know, very capable dog walkers who will do a very responsible and good job. But also, I hope that lockdown might have persuaded quite a lot of industries that it is not essential to have everybody traveling in hour into an office for nine hours a day. Mm-hmm. I really hope that a lot more people will be able to work at least some of the day or some of the week from home. Um, and that makes a big difference to your pet. I think it makes a big difference to you as well. I think, you know, it's important, of course, to mix with other people, and I think in any creative industry, it's quite important to, to be able to have random conversations with people that you don't you just wouldn't do if you're sat at home. Um, and obviously, there are some jobs that absolutely require you to be on site. Um, but for a lot of work, if you've got a good Wi-Fi connection, you can do it from home. And yes. and I really and as we've proven, as we know, um, so I hope it is going to reduce travel, and that means I think for everybody, just not a life that isn't all about rushing to catch a train or rushing to make a deadline and can involve your break being a, a walk with a dog in, instead of a you know a coffee at, at, you know outside and across the road
1: yes absolutely and that is a good enough excuse and reason to say to the to the powers that be i want to do this from home actually because i'm just as productive but i want to be with my pet and i think that's fair enough um, i mean i've read this study claire that, that has had me kind of laughing because some of the, some of the things here we go pets at home a study is revealed I mean, it's, it's largely just how much we love our pets, frankly. But this is the one that stands out for me, Claire. Two-thirds of pet owners would rather cuddle their pets than their partners.
4: <laughs> I know. Um, and, and that is, yes. But I think as well as... Uh, if, if the question hadn't had been changed to as well as their partner, I think that would have been <laughs> <Yes>. 100%. So <laughs> I'm trying to look, you know, trying to look on the bright side of this. But yes, I think uh, pet owners re- really, really do... Love their love their pets. I mean, I uh, I had a Tibetan Terrier called Archie. We had uh, for fifteen and a half years, and and you know we had to have him put down last summer, and it was heartbreaking, and I still find it really difficult. Um, and I think a lot of people feel that. And if you're as a child when you become connected with a pet, I think very often your first experience of real grief is when that pet dies, um, and it's also your first experience of of love um, and. Yes, you love your parents, but your pet is so—it's di- such a different connection. Mm. Um, and I think being able to come, you know, being able to be greeted by a dog, there is nothing better than that. You know, d- d- whether it's jumping up or not, depending on how well trained it is, <laughs> my dogs have always jumped up and wagging their tail madly and just so delighted to see you. And I think that is, it's interesting, during the Olympics, a lot of the new dads, so Adam Peaty, Max Whitlock, Tom Daly, were talking about the unconditional love they had from their children and that they were no longer defined by their achievement in sports. Yes. They were defined by the love of their child and how much that had freed them, you know, and look at all three of them winning gold medals. And actually, I think the same is true when you have when you have a pet. <laughs> this is me speaking as someone who doesn't have children, so therefore, um, I, I think that can help redefine you that it's not all about work. You know, it is actually about, you know, what what's... What's my relationship like with my, with my animals and, and how much can I enjoy that and, and, and sort of savour that? I, I do this thing called Dog Fest, which happens through the summer and is happening again this summer. And it, and it is a festival for dog owners. And I know that sounds different. It's really fun and and just like why why would that why is that any dafter than people gathering because they like music they <laughs> yeah. gather with their dogs because they like dogs
1: yeah <laughs> yeah i think i think that's great it sounds lovely but you're right i mean it's the way that, that that you've talked about the Olympians and so on, with with framing their reference now that they're fathers, and you're so right with the pets and things. I mean, I remember when I first became a dad, and then I had to host a. I think it was the Speedway at, at the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff when my son was my firstborn was three weeks old or something, and I can remember being really surprised at the difference in nerves. You know what it's like as a live broadcaster. There's always a little buzz. There's always the little butterflies before you go live, but it was funny. Once I was a dad, I was kind of like actually, I mean, I'm a dad, this is, this is easy. You know what I mean? This is just chatting into a, into a camera with some mics yeah, on. It, exactly. It's the classic, it's the classic perspective, um, you know, check suddenly, yes. oh, I see, yes, there are way more difficult <laughs> things in life and, yeah. and much more important things in life than this. Yes. And I think it's the same when you've been up all night with a whimpering puppy, you know, and you've got them through it and actually they're absolutely fine. Yeah. You could you can take yeah. on the world, can't you?
4: Absolutely. And, and I think that level of, um, you know, you get really concerned. Lots of people are very fearful about, about what might go wrong with their pets. And for some people, that stops them getting an animal because they're so scared of that attachment. Uh, we we um, Our sort of joy last summer, so we had the, you know, obviously the real sadness of losing Archie.
1: Yes, I'm sorry.
4: On the plus side, the real joy was button after cat having kittens and we gave she had five kittens and that whole night was really i mean honestly it was like an episode of call the midwife but our (laughs) next our next door neighbors we gave them one of the kittens and the father had been so he was his his father had not let them have pets as children because he'd never got over the loss of his dog so for mark father this was the first time he'd ever had an animal that he re- and he absolutely adores this kitten as well, and, he, and he's done a lot of work from home, and he and Iggy have become very, very connected. But isn't, isn't that interesting? I think yes. for some people, the, the trauma of loss stops them ever enjoying the, the, all the benefits that I think pets can bring you. So I hope with, with the Pet Care Show, there's really sensible advice there that could give you the building blocks that make you feel confident about a life with an animal. And that's what it is. It's not just having a pet. It's a life with an animal and helping you choose what the best animal for you might be.
1: Yes, I love it. And of course, that realisation that your heart is big enough to love again once you've yeah. lost an animal, when you, you start again, you can manage it. And it's it's still yeah. glorious and wonderful. Um, Claire, how do we find out more about this? Is it, is it on the Pets at Home website?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, and
1: essentially, um, it's called the Pet Care Show and you can find it on YouTube. Fantastic, Claire! What a pleasure it's been. Brief but delightful. Thank you so Thank much you for Andy. joining us. Really appreciate lovely it. Lovely to talk to you. Take All right, care. bye Thank bye. Bye bye. Thank you,
2: Claire. The Andy J. Podcast.
1: Always lovely checking in with Claire. She really is uh, what a talented, what a talented broadcaster. She's phenomenal. I've watched her do her thing from. Oh, Ah, many, many moons ago. I'm trying to remember how long ago. I think she broke onto the scene in 94, 95. So it's been a long, long, long time that I've been watching Claire just deliver excellence on whatever she's hosting, be it the Paralympics or the horses or whatever it might be, crafts and her walks and her, her podcast is excellent. Yeah, she's just brilliant. Love her. Right, last conversation for you for this bonus episode. And this is a very special young lady who you're probably aware of. Honey Ross, she's Jonathan Ross's daughter, which so she's obviously been on Celebrity Gogglebox, which is one of the ways that people have got to know her. But she's also a model and an advocate for uh, plus sizes and, and body confidence and all sorts of important issues. And she's very, very well spoken. I thought she was excellent company. And I'm so pleased that we're giving an opportunity to be able to get her on this show for you to hear. Really, I just think she's great. So here we go. We've heard from Ricky Wilson, we've heard from Claire Balding, and now it's the turn of Honey Ross.
2: The Andy J. Podcast.
1: It's time to continue our hat trick of wonderful women. I'm delighted to welcome to the show a writer, a podcaster. You'll know her from things like Celebrity Gogglebox, and she also just happens to be the daughter of Jonathan Ross. It's the wonderful Honey Ross. How are you doing, Honey? Hi, I'm doing very good today. How are you? I'm alive and kicking, thank you. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Diving in like it's the weekend and hurrah. That's I mean that's what I say basically. Now honey, yes. let's let's have a chat because we know you obviously with the whole world has watched you, well at least the UK has watched you on Celebrity Gogglebox, which is just I mean what a lovely show. What a life affirming piece of joy that is. But Complete. of course <laughs> hey, Well, actually, let's let's just go down that route for a while. Is it fun to be on? Is it good to do?
0: It was a delight. I mean, in terms of, it was one of the nicest days of work I've ever had. It was so wonderful to get to work with my family like that. And yeah, would love to do it again. It was absolute joy. And what a special show they make, really, really, really one of the do. best things we put out of the country.
1: Yes. And, and that seems to reflect the nation so beautifully. You know, it's, it's so nice with the cross-section of people they have on there. But I imagine, honey, when they called you and said, right, so basically you've got to just hang out on the sofa with your partner, your dad, your brother, and watch some telly. That can't have been a hard decision.
0: Oh, I mean, no, no question. You know, all of us were just so excited. We're all such fans of the show. And just, yeah, the idea to get to work together was just heaven. Because, you know, when does that happen? What a dream. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And also from watching it, it didn't look like you guys were performing. Do you know what I mean? It didn't look like you were kind of competing with each other to get the funny lines in or to have the best reaction. You just seemed to be being very real.
0: It was very organic and just, yeah, it was just family time. It was really lovely. You know, I think that's what makes Gogglebox uh, such a special show, is everybody's just, you know, having a lovely time with their family and friends. It's, yeah, it's a really special show, you know. I feel very honoured
1: to have been on it. Oh, what a lovely thing to say. Are, are you aware of the cameras, though? Because that always, like, when you hear about people that have been on Big Brother and stuff, you kind of think, but you know there's people watching you, surely. But do you just yes. forget?
0: No, you are aware of the cameras. I think there are a couple of moments when you're really in it and you kind of go like, "Oof!" and you make a reaction, and that's very sincere. But a lot of, you know, it's the way it's set up. You, you kind of can't not be. But it's, um, but they make it very, you know, it's obviously in your living room, so you feel very at home and very. They make you feel very at ease. So
1: good. Did, did they make the tea, or are you expected to do it for the crew?
0: We make the tea. <laughs> we made our own teas and provided tea, many a tea to the crew. Good.
1: <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, now, honey, let's, let's chat about you because you're, I mean, you are sort of reaching out into the world now. We're just starting to get to know you. And I realise, you know, at 24, mm-hmm. you might be thinking, well, hang on, I've been around for a long time and I've done a lot, etc." But you know what it's like <laughs> with the public perception? It's, there's always that my 10 year overnight success, isn't it? Where people can-
0: 100%. Out- yeah. It's it's so funny. It's like I just landed here a couple of days ago. I'm like, no, I've been, I've been out here living for a long time. But
1: yes. You know? <laughs> yes, exactly. And creating and doing and flying the flag and all the rest of it. But, but how is, how is your journey going? Let's, let's talk about, cause obviously, like I say, there's that immediate impact that something like a celebrity goggle box has, but you've got so many other things happening. You know, you've been modeling, you've got the podcast out, you know, what else is, what else is kind of new for you and, and what's changed for you in terms of your awareness that the public is now really kind of, you're on their radar? Yeah. I mean, I think one
0: thing it's made me very aware of is, using my platform for good which is one of the reasons I'm actually working with Bumble because I think the work they're doing right now um around self-esteem and body image is so important and obviously body image is something very close to my heart um you know I I'm doing a lot of things though I'm I'm a writer obviously I I do a lot of work um I work in film and tv as well but I keep a lot of that uh quite private because I'm you know obviously just trying to trying to get somewhere in that but um in terms of my public work, I just I just want to try and use my voice for good and to help people feel less alone and especially when it comes to um, how they feel about putting themselves out there and empowering themselves. I just want to make sure people, I just want to try and give people the peace of mind I've managed to, found, uh, to find in my relationship with myself.
1: Yes, I, I think this is really important and we must talk about Bumble in a moment, but you, you sort of talk about your relationship with yourself. Please forgive me if I'm misquoting you because I I often do and I always have to check with people. Mm. But am I, am I right in thinking? I think I've read somewhere that when you were growing up, you had what's called body dysmorphia. Is that right? When which means you know you, you sort of had some issues with your body and and you've sort of subsequently said you're frustrated by the amount of time you spent wasted disliking your appearance.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't think I had I definitely had body dysmorphic tendencies and I uh, I struggled to see my body for what it actually was. I and I think I. I'm assuming a piece you're quoting mentioned, uh, there was a thing I wrote, which was how I felt at the time, which was when I was a teenager, I vividly remember thinking I was so big, my friends wouldn't be able to wrap their arms around me and I was a size 10. So obviously dysmorphic. Um, but that was because I had been made to feel like I was so huge and not that there's anything wrong with that. And I am, live in a large body and I exist in a large body and have my whole life, not when I was a size 10, but I do now, I'm a size 18 now. and. Um, yeah, I had just been made to feel like my body was a problem my whole life uh, by, you know, mainly the public and the media um, and just society. It's the way our society treats people in larger bodies.
1: Yes, which makes no sense at all, because what value is that on a person? You know, who cares what someone looks right. like or what size they are? I, I, I've never really understood that personally.
0: Me neither. And I think also it's so fascinating to me that people have ever thought that shame would be a motivator in getting someone to change their body. I think, um, you know, so many people, well, this is again, it comes back to Bumble. Bumble have made, they're one of the first platforms I know of that have banned body shaming and have banned, um, they've got an automated feature on their app that bans uh, derogatory and abusive language, which is one of the things that holds so many people back. I think, you know, they, in their study they ran that oh God, a couple of a lot of people have received body shaming online. And it's something that holds you back. It holds you back from putting yourself out there. It fills you with fear, especially, you know, I remember, and I'm so lucky because I've done so much work on myself, I don't feel with anyone, but the fear and dread I used to feel when I was younger of being perceived and putting myself out there. I was held back from doing so many things because I was worried about being judged for my body. And it's like, life is meant to be fun. Dating is meant to be fun. All of these things are there for the taking. If you can take a deep breath and realize that Everything else, everything everyone else is saying is just noise and the relationship you have with your body is your own and it's on you to fix that and get there.
1: Yes. Yes. And the internet is full of just noise. And I imagine some of the people that are body shaming are sitting at home, perhaps with bodies very, very similar to the people that they are shaming. But because they're hiding behind a an egg or whatever it might be, then, uh, you know, you just don't know. Uh, let's, let's talk about Bumble, because you're going to have to discuss this with me properly, honey. I have no mm. real idea about these things. I'm a very old man with children. And therefore, the dating scene is, is thousands of years ago for me. But Bumble, mm. um, well, just tell me what it is. <laughs> you know, it's a dating app, right? Bumble is a wonderful dating app basically, it's always
0: been very progressive, so women make the first move on the app and it has always been an app that wanted to kind of make sure women feel safe in the dating space because it is a space where a lot of women have received kind of a lot of abuse and negativity and derogatory unsolicited messages. Um, so Bumble are taking it one step further and they have got a zero tolerance policy of body shaming on the app. and. In conjunction with this, has also run a study to try and kind of check in on how people are feeling. So we've seen that 59% of people are feeling less confident about their appearance than they did pre-pandemic, which is sad on one hand, but heartening on the other, because it really shows that we are all in this together. If people are feeling wobbly, they are not alone. And, you know, Bumble are trying to make it as safe and comfortable for you to feel like you can put uh, put yourself out there. And you know, I I feel so strongly that everybody is so deserving of love and connection and magic. And, you know, it would, it kills me to think that people are cancelling dates because they are scared of how they're going to be perceived by someone. It breaks my heart. And that, you know, that's why I feel so strongly about what Bumble are doing right now.
1: Yes. Yes. It's very empowering, isn't it? And it's, it's also sort of worth making it clear to the nation that yes, fine there are going to be a few Instagrammers out there who have had their home gyms and who've been doing their uh, ab crunches and whatnot throughout the pandemic. And and that's mm. fine. But there's also loads of us, myself included, with gyms and swimming pools closed and so on. That, uh, mm. that level of exercise you might have had pre-pandemic simply wasn't achievable. And yes, okay. the fridge was my friend, a lot of lockdown. And mm-hmm. yeah, I've now got, I had a dad bod before, now I've got a lockdown dad bod. And and that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, fine.
0: Th- th- my feeling is your body got you through a terrifying pandemic and you survived and you're out the other side of that. And that's well, I mean, you know, we're still kind of in it, but it's the, the lockdowns, our bodies got us through very tough lockdowns. And like you said, we did not have access to the same things that maybe we used to move our bodies around. And our fridge was, you know, one of the few reliable sources of comfort that we all had. control we had over our lives so you know everyone has everyone's body apart from like you said that handful of home gym people everyone's body has changed and that's okay i think it's about reassessing um i mean we have to reassess the way we feel about ourselves because what are we supposed to do Is, is is everyone expected to go on living their lives hating themselves i just don't think it's productive and i don't know who's benefiting from it apart from a couple of men in an office who are making a lot of money out of our insecurities it just doesn't sit right with me
1: Yes, you're so right, honey. And I I actually wonder as well if part of this sort of newfound self image challenge is because it's getting a bit warmer, you know, over Christmas you can wear bigger mm. jumpers and you can hide in jackets and whatnot, can't you? Okay. Whereas if you're going on a date now, if you show up in a big woolly jumper, you're gonna look a bit strange. You know, it's kinda of t shirt, shirt weather for a bloke, isn't it? And and sort of lighter clothing for a yeah. lady. So you you will be aware that more more of you is is visible, as it were. So perhaps that's part of the um the thinking as well and how yes, do you, how, I, how do we change it honey what do we what do we do how do we change our mindset
0: well i mean it starts with us it completely starts with how you talk to yourself how you treat yourself do you treat yourself with kindness do you say negative things to yourself in the mirror because if you do it is time to stop you are just making your body a hard place to live and you can you know you don't have to be self-deprecating you can be your biggest fan, and I really, I really encourage it because the fact is, we all know the world is not that kind out there sometimes. So why not give yourself the kindness that you're seeking elsewhere? Because um, you can do that. You know, you can give yourself that love and support from internal, internal means.
1: Yes, yes, and actually, confidence—not arrogance, but confidence—is attractive. Yeah. yeah,
0: completely. And I just think, why are we so taught to um, put ourselves down and make ourselves smaller when actually? Looking in the mirror and going like, "I actually look really nice today." Can make you feel so much better if you can if you can challenge yourself to do that. Um, but there are so many things that one can do to work on their relationship with their body. You know, me and uh, my co-host of my podcast, uh, The Body Protest, Nadia Credits, often talk about the kind of toolkit of self care that you can use when you are having a bad body image day, um, and the things that you can do to kind of reconnect with your body. Because I think a lot of the time social media and life just leave us feeling very disconnected from ourselves and it's so important to find those moments of reconnection um you know going out in nature doing yoga things like that that just remind you that you're so much more than your body
1: yes yes absolutely and it's about having that mental approach to social media as well isn't it honey because obviously uh, I know it's a slight tangent, but bear with me on this one. Obviously, last weekend, England were in the final of the Euros and we lost in, yeah. on penalties. And one of the most abhorrent things that happened from the back of that was the three lads that took the last three penalties hmm. have received the most vile abuse online.
0: No, However, it's,
1: yeah. oh, it's it's a, a, It's debased and disgusting and, 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 I, and I hope and pray that that does not reflect, you know, the 99.9% of the population's feelings. I hope it is the absolute minority, this kind of perverse vocal minority of idiots who have no place. But nonetheless, what I was trying to say to that is the Mm. reaction to those words, the reaction to that stupidity that was thrown at these lads has in general been extremely positive. Look at the Marcus Rashford wall in Manchester, Mm. for example, which is full of flowers and tributes and people showing up to say thank you, et cetera. And it's sort of about saying, okay, social media is not real. Real people will stop We will stop you in the street and say, thank you. You're amazing. You're brilliant. Thank you for stepping that, up. That's what we'll say in in reality. Well, I think that's a
0: really brilliant point. And I think, you know, especially in the year we've had and the pandemic, it's very easy to think that the social media world is real life. But the fact is, it's not. It, you know, it is a space that exists that you are in control of. And, you know, I've said this before, but your inten- your attention is one of the most valuable things you have. And where you choose to direct your attention is so important, and if you're directing your attention on social media, mindlessly scrolling and scrolling past things that do not make you feel good about yourself, you're absorbing that you know you, you, it's you, up to you to where you direct your attention and if you're directing your attention to things that are going to make you feel good in your body or bad in your body
1: Very wise yeah, be kind to yourself but always be
0: kind to yourself be kind to yourself and be kind to others ideally. Uh, is my my message, really.
1: I love it. I mean, that's what we should all be living by, honey. Simple. Can you can you maybe run for PM?
0: <laughs> I mean, I think I'm maybe a bit too scandalous for that. Maybe posting one too many news on
4: Instagram. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Come on, when it comes to scandals, unless you've got lots and lots of random children dotted around the country, you don't have a lot to live up to, to be fair.
4: You know what? The bar
0: is pretty low, isn't it? Yes. So who knows? <laughs> you never know. <laughs>
1: now that I would like to see. That I would like to say. Can we get a campaign started now or is it something that needs a bit more thinking time?
0: I think I like to do a little bit more thinking before I make any big commitments, but I'm really, it's great to know that I've got your support for my uh, campaign. You,
1: you've got my number, honey. You get back to me when you've made a decision. Okay. As that's... soon as I'm
0: ready, you're the first call I'm going to make.
1: <laughs> do you know, you're the second guest that I've suggested this to in, what, like two years of doing this. The other one was Nicola Thorpe. The two of you together would be together. One, one heck of a meal ticket. That would be amazing. If it was the what president... Oh, yeah, it'd be incredible. It'd be powerful. incredible.
2: Chancellor yeah.
1: <laughs> and PM, then we're sorted. You guys are. We're pleased. all sorted. Yeah, yeah I, I agree completely. <laughs> I'll put you in touch. We'll make it happen. <laughs> oh, I've got to hop onto my next live call. But thank you so much. Yes, you do, honey. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for your company.
2: The Andy J. Podcast. And that was
1: Honey Ross. Really enjoyed my conversation with Honey. It stayed with me, actually. I'm so impressed with her. Thank you very much for your company today. I really appreciate you listening to the Andy J podcast. I hope you've subscribed. I hope you're downloading weekly and enjoying it. I hope you're telling your friends and spreading the word because the more you do that for this show, the bigger and better the guests we can have for you. In a few days' time, you'll be able to hear a big conversation with the brilliant Frankie Bridge. That's Frankie from the Saturdays. I can't wait for you to hear it. Have a great week. Be kind. Go make someone smile. And we'll catch you on the flip side.
2: Bye-bye. The Andy J Podcast.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more